Hey there, it's Kathy. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to History of the 90s early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, listeners. I'm shaking things up a little bit this week and sharing a special preview of another podcast I've been loving and think you will, too. It's called Broken Record and features music industry icon Rick Rubin, along with producer Justin Richmond and authors Malcolm Gladwell and Bruce Headlam in conversation with the most groundbreaking artists of our time. Now, here's why we're so excited for today's preview. For the entire month of April, the Red Hot Chili Peppers will be joining the Broken Record crew to celebrate their new album, Unlimited Love. Anthony Kiedis, John Fershate, Chad Smith, and Flea will talk with Rick Rubin, who actually produced Unlimited Love, about the inspiration behind the new songs and share never-before-heard insights about the band's decades-long chemistry. In the clip you're about to hear, Rick chats with John and Anthony about John rejoining the band after a 10-year hiatus. John was confident that he wanted to come back to the band. But Anthony was initially worried that past resentments would get in the way of their success. They share how they started from scratch after the reunion, relearning classic rock and roll and early days Red Hot Chili Peppers songs, and how they all agreed playing together again felt so right and natural. I'll be listening to Broken Record all month long to get the inside scoop on all things Red Hot Chili Peppers. Be sure to check out the Broken Record podcast for the full conversation and more from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and other artists you love. So now I'm going to ask John, tell me about the process of coming back to the band this time. What? Tell me about uh, what was the first talk of it? This time? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Which time? Which time? <laughs> Um, oh, for those for those people who don't know, John left the band, rejoined the band, left the band, and has now rejoined the band. So this is the second time you've rejoined. Yeah, second time you've rejoined. Third join, second rejoin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Didn't really talk about it until Flea and I were were standing in my kitchen, and uh, Chad had said something to me when I saw him at Flea's wedding. Is we like he misses playing with me, me and him and. Flea should jam sometime. So I mentioned it to Flea, and just because, you know, practicing guitar is something I'm, I was always doing, even though I'm making electronic music. It seemed like it would be a nice soul-cleansing thing to do. And, and, uh, and it was within seconds after I suggested that that Flea was like, you ever think about being in the Red Hot Chili Peppers again? So we started hypothetically discussing the idea, but there were plenty of reservations and things like that. But, but yeah, started to open up the topic then, and then he talked. He said he'd talk to Anthony about it, and then and Anthony seemed to find the idea interesting. So then the three of us got together and talked about it. Then Flea and Chad and I got together and talked about it. We about a week or two weeks where it was just sort of a possible 
outcome, but we weren't. Sh- I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. They they weren't sure if if they were going to do it. It was just we were just trying to talk about it from every angle. I wanted to be sure that we were communicating and and seeing it from every angle, just to make sure that none of us were going to wind up regretting it uh, later. So, do you remember the the first time you guys jammed together? Again, you know, in this new in incarnation. Yeah, by then I'm already in the band. That was the thing. I was talking about, well, let's play together and see if the old magic is still there or whatever, you know. But Flea <laughs> went right past that. He was he was just like, he he just uh, he wanted to concentrate on the topic of whether or not I was going to actually join. Wow. So yeah, we didn't play together until maybe a month later or something at rehearsal. So it's so interesting for me to hear what John just said because I was not really privileged to those conversations and and I'm not exactly sure how it lines up but I will say that John coming back to join and and play music with the band was very much in the air because Flea had not mentioned anything to me at all not not a, not a peep no nary a mention of John Frusciante or that he was communicating with him, or even thinking about that as a possibility. I, I knew that Flea was in a mood, in a disposition where he wasn't feeling his 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 best self in in the previous incarnation. For whatever reason, it just like he wasn't he wasn't on fire, and I started getting a sensation that I wonder how John is. I wonder if he would ever think of participating in any way in our music again. I haven't heard, I haven't spoken to him, haven't you know really heard what he's up to, but I just got this sensation like, God, it would be really nice if John would get involved. And I didn't think that he was interested in joining or playing guitar, but I was like, I wonder if he would like, write a co-write a song or produce a song or I just didn't know. I didn't know where to go with this feeling that I had. So I said to Flea, I was like, when we're, when we're done doing what we're doing right now, I want to talk to you afterwards, kind of important. And I was going to bring up this idea of John participating. And he said to me, he's like, no, no, no. I actually have something more important that I have to tell you. And I was like, no, no, no. Let me. Uh, since I brought it up, I'll just tell you what I was thinking. He's like, "Well, I think you're going to want to hear what I have to say." I was like, "Okay, can it wait until after I tell you what I was going to say?" And basically, we were both saying the exact same thing at the exact same time, which was, "What do you think about John?" And and when wow. I presented my thing, he's like, "Well, I I was thinking of taking a, a little further and you know maybe seeing if he wanted to." come back to the band and i was like what <laughs> I, I don't know i mean that you yeah. know have, have have you spoken to him do you know where his head's yeah. at and he's like yeah i've actually jammed with him and i was like okay okay i'm a little a little yeah. behind here and that opened the door to all of this and i re- i remember going to see john at his house where he lived where he's lived for a long time where he lived when he used to be in the band and walking in and sitting on the couch with them and and just trying to get a real sense of you know is is this coming from a place of love and and creation or does he still have a like any kind of bitterness towards me or us and 
And I did not feel any of that. I felt a, a great deal of resolution. I don't know if there's ever a hundred percent resolution because, you know, we as people have too many folds in our brain to like tweak out on stuff speaking for myself. And, uh, but I felt like whatever sort of animosity or resentment or all this stuff had, had more or less been resolved. And it felt very nice sitting next to him on the couch. And then he said one thing to me, which really made me feel like this is a done deal. I have no choice. Come what may for better, for worse, for disaster or wonder. And he's, I don't know if he looked at me or if I looked at him or if it was just said, but he said, uh, I was born to be in this band. And I was just, I was like, he is telling the truth. Yes. And there's no fucking way on earth that I'm going to stop that from happening or do anything other than get out of the way and just let it, let it flow. Because if someone feels like that, then that's supposed to be. And it was, you know, it was, of course, it was terribly exciting, a little bit, it was kind of a vulnerable feeling because like John said, is the old magic still there or are we just going to be, you know, some weird guys in a room trying to make it happen? But I guess, you know, I, I felt more confident that I did concerned. And then when we got back together, it was so raw and basic and starting from scratch that. It, it just felt right. It felt like, oh, you know, we, we have a lot of work to do to like figure this out, but what a nice place to be. And, you know, John made some really wise suggestions in, in the very beginning. He was like, you know, let's learn some old blues songs and let's learn some really old Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. So instead of like, you know, trying to get back into where we had left off or anything like that is like, let's go all the way back and just learn, you know, how to play some really beautiful, somewhat challenging, but basic, you know, rock and roll kind of building blocks. And I thought that was so smart because I needed to do that. And then the rest, the rest of the writing and the playing together started to happen way more naturally. And yeah. I think because John hadn't written a lot of rock music songs for quite a while. He he had in him a lot, a, a reservoir of ideas and chord progressions and arrangements and vocal melodies and all these things that he must have been kind of quietly keeping in his back pocket that started to flow. And then uh, the, the process was on. It's like every time John would bring a gem into practice, you know, Flea would feel like, okay, I'll, I'll bring a gem. And then I would be like, oh, these guys are bringing gems. I, I better, you know, go for a very long drive in my Chevy and figure out a, you know, something to add to the stew, which is, you know, part of our creative process. And it, it felt, it felt really natural. It felt really natural and like no pretense or, you know, expectation is just like, let's go all the way back to the beginning and just start from zero. That That's what it was like from my perspective, but I didn't know all these other things were going on. It's interesting. That's one of the things that I found fascinating about doing this podcast is that even when I talk to people who I know well, we know each other for 30 years. We made our first album together 30 years ago, and we even met before that. And in the process of talking about stuff, we learn things that we never knew 
about each other, even though we sit in a room together every day, we never really interview each other. We never ask <laughs> questions. We never go back. There's no reason to because we're always moving forward. Mm -hmm. but it's, it's fascinating to, you know, hear the person who, who you're in a band with have a, a different experience leading up to the experience of joining than mm. yours, which makes sense because they had their own, but all you know is your perspective. So it's, it's yes. fascinating to talk about these things. And for me, I, I, it's interesting when I get to talk to people that I don't know, but when I talk to people that I do know, I learned so much. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> that was a preview of Rick Rubin's conversation with Anthony Kiedis and John Fruchate on Broken Record, a podcast from Pushkin Industries. You can hear more from Broken Record wherever you get podcasts.